Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Professional wrestling, the era of the franchise, the era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Connection. Welcome back to the most extreme Menage Violence of Experience here on the Extreme Three Way Dance. JT, Jenny, and Matt taking you through the history of ECW. Started in February 1994, and here we are on the death doorstep of 1998. Uh, we have just a couple weeks left after tonight, so we are almost through yet another calendar year. And hey, we're almost through our first calendar year here on YouTube on the North South Connection. 2023 almost done we want to thank you for all your support throughout this year be sure to subscribe if you're first time watching leave a comment leave a love and a, a share and follow us on a podcast application as well because uh, we have audio content we have video content we have stuff that simulcast to subscribe everywhere you don't miss a thing we have stuff every single day and this podcast is here every other thursday talking the world of extreme jenny and matt how are you both doing extremely excited uh, I've never been more extreme. All right. I well, love, I love how when we do that, we never sound excited. Yeah, but we are. I've never been more extreme. <laughs> we got three weeks Thanks, of Mike. television to cover tonight. <laughs> November 28th, 1998. We open with footage of an ambulance leaving the garage because on this episode, we have... Late break news with Maddie Sues. <laughs> we have an incident at the ECW arena. Joey Styles says it was a night that could change the course of ECW history. Mm. Get our opening animation. Joey's in the nest and is very solemn. He says an ECW star has gone to the hospital. We head to the ring at the arena and we see the crowd is red hot for Shane Douglas and Francine. Shane says it's obvious the fans want to see RVD and Sabu kick his ass, but he's been on top of ECW for five years and he's no idiot. He has a plan just like he always does. His enforcer is gone. Chris Candido isn't here tonight, but he has backup and out comes Taz. Shane says Troy Martin and Francine Fortier have something for the ECW shooter. For five years, there's been a man that has been in his shadow on his shoulder. And that man is has. He can't shake them. They dislike each other so much, and they aren't opposites. They're the same beast. 
When he threw down the NWA title backstage, he did it in the uh, but did it in the ring. When he put his raw shirt on, he could have done it backstage, but he did it at ringside. When he told Vince McMahon to shove his job up his ass publicly in an ECW ring, not backstage. Every champion in ECW has been humbled by the belt, but he is worthy of being world champion. Taz made his own belt and claims to be the only shooter man tough enough to win his title, and Shane agrees that no one's taken it to him. Sean, uh, Shane says he'll have to eventually hand the title to Taz because he knows Taz is the man that will beat him. And he's saying it. You're going to beat me. He doesn't mind that Taz is that guy to put the bullet in his head because Taz is old school. He's a wrestler and he cares. But he does care about Shabu getting the shot. The crowd lights up a big Sabu chant. Shane says Sabu isn't old school. He doesn't deserve the title. Shane says he and Taz step in the ring with a bullseye and he'll be at the OK Corral. Joey says Shane is trying to manipulate Taz and his vintage franchise. ECW is pushing RVD up the ladder, and he hears people think Justin Credible has his number two. But he and Taz get to find out who the better man is. All Taz has to do is watch Shane's back. He makes it to the showdown with Bigelow gone. Taz can do the heist, and he'll pay the price. And tonight, they should team up to take on RVD and Sabu. Shane says it's a match that everyone wants to see. Taz says, obviously. And great, uh, and that's it. So great Shane work here, as always. An interesting approach where Shane clearly playing to Taz's ego, trying to talk him up, talk him into watching his back and eliminating Sabu, and then he'll worry about Taz down the line, saying, look, I know you're the one to beat me. If we get Sabu out of the way, it can happen. That's the only thing in between it. So let's get rid of him. So Jenny, are you on track with the Shane mind games, or are you still out on it? <laughs> it is vintage Shane. Um, it, it's like he's full of shit, um, but I, I can see Taz weighing it, you know, and thinking about it and being tempted by it maybe a little bit based on his hatred of Sabu but I would not do this for Shane if I was Taz I'm just saying I don't think it's really going to work out for him I think that Shane sounds I won't say desperate but he sounds like he does not want to fight Taz on any level I know you're going to beat me brother like this is an interesting tact, Shane. Um, it gets boring chants from the crowd, though. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's boring. I just think it's Shane being very Shane, Matt. Yeah, that's that's the, the exact right way of putting it. It's Shane being Shane, doing what he does, just playing the mind games, fucking with people. And I, I think this was really well a well-done segment. I really like Joey just openly questioning if Taz was going to buy this from Shane. He's like, oh, there's no way Taz is going to buy this. He's not that much of a fucking dunce, is he? He's not going to take accept this offer. So I, I, I like that, too, where even Joey's like, Taz, don't fucking do it. Like, I thought that was great. So, I mean, it, it is still, like I mentioned on the last episode, it is still a very weird way <laughs> to keep going with this Taz Shane stuff. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. I, I think this is an interesting wrinkle to it compared to mm -hmm. what we saw, like, on the last uh, last episode we talked about. So it, it's interesting. To, I still need to see more, mm -hmm. but I'm more interested now than I was last time. All right. Well, progress, progress. Yeah. Joey's in the nest, promotes guilty as charged, recaps what we just saw, saying Douglas made the tag challenge, knowing RVD is already slated to defend the TV title against Rod Price tonight for Japanese TV. There's lucky <laughs> folks overseas are going to get a hot classic between Rob Van Dam and Rumble and Rod Price. 
That's up next. RVD and Fonzie strut out. Price is in the ring. RVD's super over. We clip into the match. He's flying around, countering the fast strike offense. We clip to Price shooting RVD to the railing, but he misses a charge and tumbles into the crowd. RVD meets him with a cross body off the railing, puts him on the bleachers, hits a leg drop on a chair into him. We clip to RVD kicking Price back to ringside. Clip to a Price hot shot, clothesline, bridging German for two. Clip to RVD's big comeback, his usual offense for near falls. Hits a super van daminator and a frog splash to seal the deal. For the showcase match on Japanese TV, RVD mainly dominated. Uh, Price looks pretty good, though. He's sharp at his offense. I like I like him in this role. I'm, I'm a Price fan. I think he's a perfect hand for that lower mid-card uh, kind of foot soldier stooge type of role. Um, the crowd was so into RVD. He's so over. I, I, I would argue he's probably the most over person in the promotion right now as we head mm-hmm. to 1999. I went two stars. The only other person I'd say that's up there with him is Sabu. Um, but I, I think RVD is the more than Dreamer, uh, more than definitely more than Douglas, more than Taz, even at this point. Like I think he's yeah. he's he's number one. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, uh, I would agree with everything you said. I think RVD. It's pretty clear going into 1999 that RVD is going to be pushed to the fucking moon. You could kind of already see it starting already with him getting that main event spot in November to remember. So, but as for the match, uh, look, this was a super fun showcase. RVD basically got to hit all his signature offense. Uh, the lucky people of uh, Japanese television got to watch an all-time classic, but uh, at uh, at a whopping two and a half stars. But I mean, uh, for a semi-squash, I thought this was pretty fun. He got to do all his signature stuff. Uh, the chair leg drop on the bleachers was mm. disgusting. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. So, uh, I mean, not much more to add here. So just a, a fun, solid showcase for RVD. Two and a half, Jenny. I think that Joey sums it up because he says he is every bit bit as good as he thinks he is. And Mm -hmm. he really is. And he's shown us that every single time he's in the ring. Even with Rod Price, like, he didn't have to ball out, but he balled out because that's how he rolls. Like, we and we just saw him defend against Tommy Dreamer, you know, last time. And he is just, like, racking up these, like, really cool matches, no matter who his opponent is. And... I'm glad Sabu, I'm not, I don't know where Sabu is currently, probably in the hospital still for his neck problems, but um, it was nice to see another match where there's no Sabu interference yep. for me. Um, I like this. I love that Van Damiter off the top again and the frog splash, so two and a quarter. The every match is a spectacle. That's the best way to put it. It's like mm-hmm. every match is, is like a must see, no matter who he's fighting, he, he goes out, it goes all out. Everything's crazy. The crowd is rocking. It's, it's what Taz was in what, like 97 ish. Like when he was just destroying guys or team Taz and Paul Valens, but, well, the actual like, matches as opposed to what Taz did. Right. But it was yeah. that vibe where it's like every, mm-hmm. no matter who he's fighting is like, the must-see match of the night, in a way, because he's just going to put on an insane show mm-hmm. um, with the crowd being super intense for him. So that, that's where we're at on that. Um, all right. Joey's still solemn uh, from the uh, incident that we're going to hear about. It takes us to clips to one of the happier moments tonight, <laughs> where the Blue World Order and Chris Chetty defeated Skull Von Crush, Danny Doring, and Roadkill. So there you go. <laughs> what a uh, happy moment for him. Yeah, oh, yeah. feel good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Joyous. All right, we get a hype for Guilty as Charge, and then here we go with the actual November to Remember rematch. Mm. Uh, we got a tease last episode, but that's Jerry Lynn taking on Lance Storm. 
Uh, Storm and Tammy Lynn bitch hit the ring. Lan, uh, Lynn heads out as well. Before we start, Storm takes the mic. He asks the fans to show the lady some respect. Says we've been wondering how many times he has to beat Jerry Lynn, and they're losing to him this late, and the card is a push for Lynn. But he has a better idea. There's a guy in the back he beat recently that desperately needs a win, and he wants his spot. There's a good chance one of them could win if they fight. Storm calls out Mikey Whipwreck, and he heads down, tells Storm to shut the fuck up. He says Storm only beat him due to Lynn's help. Storm says he doesn't need help. It was just a little bit easier, and he could beat both guys on his own. The ref laughs, and Storm gets in his face and gets indignant. The ref says Storm can do a back-to-back, but Storm tries to back off. But the ref says, screw it, let's go, and we're off and running. Lynn attacks at the bell. Storm fights back, gets a flurry of counters from both. Lynn knocks Storm to the floor, flies into him with a dive off the top. We clip to Lynn hooking a single leg crab, but Storm forces the break. Comes back with a spin heel kick. We clip ahead to a Storm powerbomb for two. Storm gets a handspring splash and chokes away. We clip to Storm shooting Lynn over the barricade. Clip back to the ring with Storm blocks a crucifix with a great running slam for two. Clip again to Lynn, Lynn crotching Storm on the top rope, getting a sunset flip powerbomb for two. Clip to Storm nailing a super kick for two. We go to Lynn countering a superplex with a gourd buster and a double arm DDT for a near fall. We clip to two tombstone counters to a Lynn inverted DDT for two. Then we go to Lynn slapping Storm hard. Tammy Lynn gets on the apron, but so does Mikey. Storm shoves Lynn into Mikey, who flies into the railing. Storm grabs Tammy Lynn's purse and cracks Lynn and picks up the win. Uh, and this is great from what we saw. It was one of those ones where it would have been awesome if we saw the whole thing because it had the potential mm-hmm. to be a real classic. Uh, Storm is so good. He's on fire right now. Lynn was with him the whole way. A really good finish is Mikey can't stop fucking Lynn over on purpose or otherwise. So I went three and a half stars. The story continues. We'll get more of this three-way deal in a moment, Jenny. But what did you think of this match? I liked it too. I really like to see the unclipped version. Um, but every everything that we saw was like, sharp everything looked on point a lot of lot of crowd heat um lynn just bumping around for storm looks awesome i love tammy lynn bitch in this again and we get to use her purse as one of the weapons to win the match uh i like that actually I like Mikey, I guess, and whatever he's doing here. Um, but Joey says that sucks when Storm wins. <laughs> so Joey's a little bit over it. Uh, I'm still at three and a half, Matt. Yeah, I went a little bit lower. I went three and a quarter. Uh, this is closer to what I wanted at the pay per view instead of like the convoluted ref mm-hmm. stuff with Mikey and uh, Tammy Lynn Sitch and all that stuff. Like, just let these guys go out there and do their thing. Even if there's a story, at least have a great match in there with with all the story stuff surrounding it. Like these two guys just work so great, oh, so well with one another. There was one part where Storm uh, caught Lynn with like a rolling fireman's carry. I thought yeah, that was, that was, cool. that was sick. So. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this. Uh, another great match for these guys, sort of like what I mentioned on the last episode. Just just throw any combination of these guys out there for 10, 15 minutes on a show, and they're going to bring it. So three and a quarter for me. All right, so we pick right back up as Mikey Whipwreck comes into the ring and loads on Storm. It gets a Rana. We clip to a Mikey Tornado DDT for two. Clip to a Mikey Suplex Whippersnapper. Uh, Superplex. Uh, su- <laughs> easy for me to say. Mm-hmm. Suplex into a Whippersnapper for two. Tammy Lynn puts Storm foot on the ropes. Lynn comes and decks Mikey with the purse, and Storm gets the win. Just just clips. I mean, it was no match. Mm-hmm. I didn't even grade it. Storm's racking up the wins. Mikey and Lynn is boiling over. Tammy Lynn is really growing in the role as well. Like mm-hmm. She seemed like kind of lost when she first debuted, just mm-hmm. kind of just there. Uh, now she's actually actively 
part of the package, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, she seems to be getting it more. Security carries the pastel storm to the back in a really funny moment. He's dead. <laughs> um, he's awesome. I, I would, you know, we have RVD number one. I think Storm is top three, probably acts in the company right now. He's mm -hmm. on fire in the ring, and his character is on point as well. So, uh, Matt, what do you think of the rest of this segment? Yeah, uh, I enjoyed this. I, I Storm has definitely risen a lot the past couple of months. I think this feud has kind of helped that. And uh, you mentioned it. I think Bitch has been she's been great. You could tell she kind of had that like almost like she was scared kind of when she mm -hmm. first showed up. But I think you know as she's been doing this more and more often, and seemingly she's been on every fucking show with Lance Storm. You could see she's getting more comfortable with what she's doing. So I, I enjoyed this too. I, I'm guessing that there wasn't much clipped of this. I'm assuming this was probably relatively short. It kind of seemed like it was, but yeah. what we saw, I, uh, I really enjoyed Jenny. I swear. I thought that Matt, the guy that dragged uh storm off was one of those guys was Don West. And I'm like, surely <laughs> that's not the case, but it definitely looked like him. But the, the visual of storm getting dragged off was really, mm -hmm. really, really good. Um, he really sold that all the way to the end. He looked, knocked the fuck out. So that was great. And she's she's really good. Like We've seen her more than we've seen um, Tammy Lynn Sitch at this point, I think, probably. Um, when is she going to show up again? I thought she was part of ECW now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's it's hard to. I mean, we're not looking at the full picture of like the wrestling world. I don't know if some of these people are in Japan doing overseas tours. Right. I, I don't know what's going on with half of them. But Candido um, hasn't been around. Yeah, either. I was gonna say what happened. Well, he hasn't wrestled, but he's been on. He's pretty yeah. like he keeps interfering in all his matches, so he's there. So yeah, I don't. Maybe he's banged up. He's always banged up. Like who yeah, knows? True. Uh, I mean, Sunday could be in detox for all we know. Like I don't know. Uh, Joey recaps what we saw to open the show that kicked off a chain reaction that brought us to this moment. We're awaiting word from the hospital. And that brings us to our main event. That is Taz and Shane Douglas taking on Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Douglas is in the ring. Taz comes out. He glares at the franchise, turns his back to him and stands stoically. RVD, Sabu, and Fonzie are out. Shane is barking at them from behind Taz. Taz and RVD get going after the break. RVD hits a spin heel kick and smirks. RVD kicks away, lands a boot to the face. Taz slams him off the top. It's a high cradle Taz plex. Sabu tags in. Joey notes he's wearing orange to troll Taz. Taz and Sabu roll the mat and punch and try and trap each other. Taz kicks and clubs away angrily. Sabu botches a springboard kick, and Taz buries him with a head and arm Tazplex. We go outside where Taz is pouring it on. Sabu battles back and shoves Taz into the first row, hits a triple jump dive. Francine smacks Fonzie. Fonzie grabs her by the throat, but Shane makes a save. RVD kicks Shane in the head, and they fight outside. He crotches Shane on the railing, hammers away, and tries uh, hits a Van Daminator and knocks Shane into the fans. RVD pulls him back to ringside, shoots him inside, where Sabu works him over. RVD comes in, hits a rolling thunder. Sabu hits a camel clutch, and RVD drop kicks him in the face. They hit another rolling thunder combo for two. Sabu goes out and smacks Taz and sets up a table bridge. He puts Taz on the table and puts him through it. RVD drop kicks Shane, but Shane gets a low blow. Sabu comes in, they double team, and then Sabu jabs Shane with a spike from his boot. Shane is bleeding badly as Sabu keeps jamming the spike into his forehead. RVD keeps Taz at bay as Sabu is covering him up. Shane pushes through uh, both guys and hits him with chair shots. Sabu takes out his leg and then leg drops his face into the chair. Sabu tries to go up top, and it's a super Arabian face buster for the win as the crowd wow. is losing it with Sabu pinning Shane yet again. Sabu hooks the Campbell clutch, but Taz comes in and hooks the Taz mission on him. Fonzie hits Taz with the chair, but Taz keeps the hold on. Hits an overhead German that folds up Sabu in a nasty bump. 
RVD, Paulie Dangerously, and a ton of officials come over to check on Sabu. Taz is shook. He starts shaking his head and rubbing his face. Taz is breaking down and then snaps. He runs over and kicks the shit out of Sabu some more. Fonzie and RVD are losing it. They charge at Taz. His officials are keeping them apart. In a very wild scene, Taz storms off to booze. We get ECW chance as Sabu is loaded in the ambulance. We get a replay, and Joey says, you can see that Taz hooks his hands on purpose to trap Sabu to try to break his neck on the suplex. Uh, this is a red-hot match. Uh, we have some interesting things, right? The way this is playing out definitely makes Shane look weak, that he needs Taz to get back him up, and he still loses clean. Uh, they're not setting him up so confident and strong in any way. Taz also looked shoved aside until the ending, so that at least made up for itself, um, where he murdered Sabu. The match was wild. The beatdown was on um, Shane was brutal. Uh, the finish, too, is, uh, as well. With the presentation of Douglas and decision to apparently turn Taz heel, I guess, um, on Sabu is weird. Like, Shane is heel, so is Shane turning? Like, if we're setting up Shane and Taz, they're both in weird places. Um, I would have had to, I would have, I'm okay with how this is going, but the story to Taz becoming champion would be better played as Taz is a red hot face murdering Shane and then slowly turning heel by like the pressures of the championship or whatever, uh, becoming obsessed with the belt, turning him. So I went three stars. And again, I like the story. But in a vacuum, within the construct of where everything is at, it feels like this would have been better if Taz was already champion. Um, and I, I still believe they should, instead of the triple threats thing at November and Remember, Taz should have just killed Douglas, mm-hmm. won the belt, and then you can still go forward with the story if you want somehow. But right now it feels like we're trying to march toward guilty as charged, and we have this weird muddy picture with these three guys. What did you think, Jenny? <clears throat> the picture is muddied. Um, I like this match. I thought until the end, I thought Sabu looked like absolute badass. Uh, I love Joey calling out the color of his pants because as someone who has called out the color of Sabu's pants many times, I also agree he was trolling Taz with the orange pants. Um, but this was super wild. Fucking poor Shane. He just, he looks like either he's still hurt I mean, which he's been hurt for forever, or he's, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I'm like, why is he losing so badly in this match? Um, He got spiked by Sabu. He got fucked up over on the railing. And then pin, Sabu pins Shane clean as fuck. So um, that, the task stuff at the end was okay. Um. I don't know. I yeah. I got nothing, Maddie. I did three stars. Yeah, I, I went two and three quarter on it. This whole th- it's fucking weird. Like, just when I thought I was kind of understanding what the fuck is going on with with this feud, they go ahead and do this, and it leaves me more confused than maybe I ever have been in my entire life. Which is saying mm-hmm. something. Uh, it's just it, it's a very weird way to like. This almost feels like something they should have done after Taz has already been champion for a while, to your point. Like, I don't know how this, I mean, it certainly doesn't help Shane, right? Shane, Shane, again, pinned clean by Sabu again. So he looks rough. I don't, turning Taz heel, I don't think at this point helps him any when the end game is to have him 
in theory, beat Shane to win the title. Like you would think he should be a face for that, right? Because Shane is like the super ultra heel. So this whole thing is just very weird. And then, I mean, I did like the angle in a vacuum with him taking out Sabu. The suplex was great, but Mm -hmm. storyline wise, man, this is like, it feels like they're trying to go in all different directions and none of it's really working right now when you put it all together. It's just super weird. Is it because Taz already has a championship that makes this weird because we're talking like he should already have the belt. Well, he has his belt. So does that make a difference in any of this? Like it doesn't to me because I don't like it. But to you guys, does that matter? Is it all about Shane's championship or does does he not need that? He made his own. Like No, he needs it. And it feels to me like um, we've talked about it a ton like Shane they clearly didn't feel Shane was ready the timing was November remember Mm. they killed time with the six man to try and get Shane into into a ready spot to have a one-on-one and now they got to fill two months to get to guilty as charged but they've already Mm. told the story so they got to they got to find another story to tell whereas Mm. I I don't care if Shane was hurt if he was okay enough to do that six man he was okay enough to job in 90 seconds to Taz and just let it be Mm. so um I don't know and I mentioned right. it on the last episode too. Like, you need to burn Taz and Shane, like, yeah. right now because it's diminishing returns at this point. Right. Like, now we're all of a sudden turning Taz heel for some reason. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. If they are, who knows? The D- ECW sometimes they're all over the. Fucking yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't. They may not even really be turning that. I don't yeah, buy right. that turn. Really? Yeah, they, they made, but the thing is, Sabu's so over that if you're injuring him, you're kind of healed by default because right. Sabu's like a top two over guy right now. So, mm-hmm. all right, Joey's in the nest. We're back live. He says there's two options: either Taz took Shane's deal and decided to wipe out Sabu and take his spot, but Shane didn't offer that spot, or maybe Taz did the right thing and was justified after Sabu's actions in November to remember. Taz calls in from the Jersey Turnpike. He fakes being sad, saying you wouldn't think the president got shot. And all the people flooded the ring thinking Sabu was dead and that Taz killed him. And Taz felt bad because there are a bunch of marks. And after they let their guard down, he stomped into the mud hole. When Taz got hurt in 1995, no one gave a fuck. They left him for dead, but he broke his neck. The whole thing is Sabu's fault for due to his actions at the pay-per-view. Sabu's out of a, an out-of-control freak and a dumb fuck. He shot his load in one match, and Taz struck once again tonight and left him behind. He owes Sabu two more receipts. He knows Sabu will come back, and it wasn't enough to keep him down. He didn't want to keep him down just yet. So Sabu better come back strong so he can strike twice on him yet again. This is Taz, the FTW champion. Uh, Jenny, I, was, I, I this is a good capper. It adds a little more intrigue. Taz is clearly gunning for Sabu. And it, it's Shane's bounties hanging over him, but he's not doing it for Shane. That's obvious at this point. Mm-hmm. He's doing it because he hates Sabu. Mm-hmm. And he owes him a couple of receipts. So does that make him heal or not? I mean, sure, it sounded like it on that phone call. But then if you think about it, like, no. I mean, Sabu's had this coming if you think about it from... Yeah, I think he's only a heel in the construct of Sabu being a face. Exactly. Like I don't think his actions are justified, though. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the phone call gimmick, but I guess I, I would rather have seen that on camera. Also, Matt. Yeah, I, it was fine for what I like him calling Sabu a dumb bastard. That was very <laughs> and the the president line was also very good. And uh, so apparently he's got two more receipts coming to Sabu. So uh, whatever's left of Sabu's neck is not going to be around uh, by the time Taz is done with him. It, it would appear so. But yeah, I mean, this, like you said, this was a good capper for what we just saw. 
All right, uh, that brings it to our first episode. Best match, I went with uh, Lynn and Storm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, worst, uh, the showcase, RVD and Ramblin' Rod Price. Rod, yeah. Ramblin'. Is it really Ramblin', or are you just saying that? <laughs> I just like to say it. Seems like okay. a Rambler. I'm going to start writing it down. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, best moment, I went Taz breaking Sabu's neck at the end. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know what else. <laughs> It was a it was a great neck break. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, let's go with that. All right, most nineties over the concept of live to tape. Yeah, <laughs> live to tape. Uh, stock rising. Owen Shane, even though he got bludgeoned, he's still a champion. Had a good promo. Uh, RVD, Storm, Sabu, Taz, all had big nights. Even Lynn? Though, even though Sabu almost died. Yeah, Lynn. Lynn yeah. had a good night. I only had a rambling Rod Price of stock falling. That was it. <laughs> he rambled his way to the stock falling line. No, he was fine, I guess. I don't know. He, 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 he was okay. He was fine. Uh, this is a great episode, though. I went 8 out of 10. We are on a hot streak yeah. after November to remember. I mean, everything's been yeah. great. This mm. was really, really good stuff. Uh, a lot's happening. And we keep curmudgeoning about this bill to guilty as charged, but like, Everything's been really good, so I don't know. Maybe it's we'll too start... early. It's too early. Yeah, in we'll see. Though. Yeah, do they peak? But it's been good so far. Really good since the pay per view. Mm -hmm. We got a month of TV, like yeah. Unless, like you said, they missed some dates or whatever for the holidays. But yeah, we'll see how the Christmas Christmas brings. I don't think we're gonna get the boozy uh, pulp, pulp, pulp Fiction Aww. theme again. Sadly, <laughs> as great as that was. Uh, all right, uh, you guys give your grades. You good? What do we got? I Eight went seven and a half. I went Eight seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. December 5th, 1998. We open with clips of Spike Dudley coming in to save Tommy Dreamer and New Jack from assault by Justin Credible's crew. We haven't seen Credible since the pay-per-view. Uh, just that one brief where he cost Dreamer the match. That was about it. Uh, his crew, of course, included one man gang, Ramblin' Rod Price, Big Sally Graziano. Um, uh, and he takes all of them out with acid drops and they all pile on one man gang and Sal and win the match. So, uh, I don't know what's going on, but, um, there you go. We then, uh, you asked for Tammy Lynn sits, Jenny. Here she is. She's in a bikini coming out of the ocean. And she says, Florida is the hottest vacation spot on the planet. Yeah. How'd you like that promo? Uh, this is extreme. Yeah, I mean, held a promo. Hell of a promo. Listen, I'm not going to complain. This was my life in 1996. <laughs> Uh, run it back in 1998. Pretty much the same gimmick, but I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Still hot. Opening animation says ECW has more sex and violence than a Brazilian porn. So there you go. I guess that was all the rage in 1998. Probably, probably true. Yeah. A lot of violence in Brazilian porn? I don't know. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. All right. To the ring we head as Rob Van Dam added again to take on our old friend Mike Lazansky. So oh, yeah. pops up every few years. Uh, good old Mike. <laughs> Uh, RVD and Fonzie into the ring. We're on the road in Fort Lauderdale. RVD super over as always. Our old friend Lazansky on the scene. Joey puts over Lazansky's resume from around the world. Says this is going to be his first ECW title. We start with a series of quick counters, strikes, and resets. Mike takes over a stiff drop kick and a nice brain buster but stops to play to the crowd. RVD bails out. Lazansky gets a baseball side to knock RVD over the railing. He follows and crotches RVD. Tries to springboard off the railing. Lazansky shoots RVD into a stage and then flies off the stage with a cross body. He shoots all over RVD, throws him back in the ring. Lazansky gets a snap suplex, a double underhook suplex for two, then goes up top and RVD kicks him to the floor. RVD follows and hammers away, shoots him to the railing, crotches him on it, hits him with a crazy Van Daminator off the stage. 
He meets Zazanski in the crowd with a crossbody off the railing, drapes him over it, hits a corkscrew leg drop. Back inside, Lazanski dodges the Van Daminator with a face buster into the chair. RVD counters into a suplex, hits a rolling thunder. Lazanski comes back again with a pile driver for two, meets RVD on the floor with a Piscato. RVD suplexes Lazanski onto the stage, mashes him with a guillotine leg drop. Back in the ring, RVD gets two with a five-star five-star frog splash as Lazanski gets the ropes. RVD sits Lazanski on the top rope and finishes him with the super Van Daminator and a split-legged moonsault. Uh, a great battle. Lazanski got some shine, so it didn't look like a scrub. RVD got to show off as a full showcase yet again. He emptied the tank, went through a beating, uh, through the back end to a hot finish. I like Lazanski. He's always pretty good when he shows up. I wish he'd stick around. He'd be a nice little addition to the mid-card. Uh, RVD rolls along, Matt. I went three and a half. I mean, whenever Mike shows up, he was on a good match, and RVD is red hot. So this was good stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of this. I went three and a quarter. Uh, Lazanski, they gave him a lot of stuff in this match too, which I think was uh, good to give RVD more than just like your normal semi-squash, kind of like what we saw against Rod Price. Uh, the the Daminator off the off the stage was fantastic. Just a yep. crazy, just a crazy fucking move. Just awesome stuff. So, I mean, a, a super fun match. The finish was sick too with the the uh, the Daminator, another Van Daminator. I thought that was great too, and the split legged moonsault. So. Super fun match, uh, kind of not necessarily out of nowhere because we've seen Lazanski before and he's been good, but like just, yeah, more great stuff from RVD. He's on fire lately, so three and a quarter, Jenny. Let's get like more local talent like Mike here uh, because I went three and a half on this match. It was really fucking good. Um, just, just beating each other like crazy all over the place the crowd was incredible mm-hmm. like i don't know how many people they had in this place but it sounded like a billion like they were red hot rvd is just too fucking good i mean he's the whole fucking show and that leg drop off the stage was fucking cool all the van daminators like that's just a fun ass match like rvd's probably leaving soon right because i really like him <laughs> the spoilers. Yep. I don't Show know. Joey's in the nest. He sets up the night ahead. Sabu vows to wrestle tonight. Also, we'll see footage of Terry Funk showing up randomly again in Tampa. He's back. Uh, we oh. get clips of all the drama from last week at the end of the show. And then Joey talks about how Taz knew Sabu would come back, but it's still a shock that he's wrestling a week after that injury. Uh, Danny Doring and Roadkill are backstage. Doring challenges Sabu to a match. And Roadkill. Uh, after they talk some shit to him, Doring says Roadkill worked in a slaughterhouse and killed chickens with his bare hands. How do you feel about Roadkill, Matt? You okay with him? Is that what the Amish do? They kill chickens? I thought they made like furniture and shit. <laughs> well, how do you think they make the furniture? Out of? Yeah. It's chicken furniture? Chicken? My God. Chicken furniture? Chicken oh, my chicken my God. <laughs> Joey, takes us, Joey takes us to Tampa where Funk showed up again. He confronted Dreamer, insulting him and assaulting him. And Tommy yet again refused to fight back against his mentor. Joey talks more about the situation, says Funk is deranged, and Tommy's going to have to fight back and defend himself at some point. We get Tammy on the beach acting sexy again, and then Joey in the nest has foggy glasses due to Tammy. He's into it. He says our sets up our next match, which is a six-man war featuring the return of the Shaw Hackmeyers teaming up with Balls Mahoney and Masato Tanaka. 
against the Dudley trio of Big Dick, Bubba, and Devon. We start right away with all six men pairing off, throwing down. We clip the balls, pounding Bubba. Everyone else fights outside. We clip through various highlights, mainly strikes and brawling with a big Tanaka clothesline. Tanaka gets a nice power slam on Dick. Balls meets Dick with a big elbow for two. The clipping and brawling continues as Bubba gets two on a Bubba bomb. Gets a senton bomb for two. We clip to a Tanaka tornado DDT for two. Then to a Tanaka spinning power bomb on Devon. We clip to the Dudley hitting a super bomb on Tanaka for two. Then we go to Tanaka pounding Dick with a chair. Sign guy trips Devon by accident. The Shaw gets a DDT for two. Devon slugs sign guy by accident as well. Hack gets another close near fall. The Hack tra- gets trapped in the ring and the champs hit the 3D and the Shaw falls. And that is it. The Dudley hit a 3D and chair shot the balls after the match. Out comes Axel with a barbed wire baseball bat. He cleans out the Dudleys after grinding on them, slicing them open. Uh, this is mainly highlights, but Tanaka easily get the most shine of anyone. And a pretty good post-match where Axel takes care of business for his boys to up the violence. So, Jenny went two and a half, a perfectly perfunctory match. Well, I did two and a three quarters for um, Axel coming back out with his barbed wire baseball bat. It was good to see him back after his grandma's funeral, I guess. Or whatever happened to grandma. Do we ever set a drop angle? Do we ever hear about the grandma again? I mean, she might have dropped. Uh, Yeah, we don't know. I don't know. Sure. (laughs) It is nice to see Hack Myers back. And he looks slim, right? Yeah. He's slimmed down quite a bit. But Tanaka was the MVP in this match. Um, I liked it. It's a good crowd. Good energy. Another win for the Dudleys, I guess, Matt. Yeah, I went two and a half on this to uh, Hack Myers, more like Back Myers, because he's he's back, you see. Uh, But yeah, he he looked like he was in great shape and uh, always uh, fun to see him. I feel like it's been a while since he randomly popped up on something. Right. So that was uh, that was interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, it looks it was pretty clipped up, but it looked really fun for what it was. Uh, seeing Axel uh, with the uh, barbed wire bat was great. Bubba was a fucking mess by the uh, end of it. So that was uh, that was great to see. But yeah, it was a perfectly fine uh, tag match here. Two and a half. All right. We uh, get highlights from our November remember main event and then Taz injuring Sabu. Joey talks about the Sabu injury and asks Paul not to let him get in the ring. He has a neck brace. He can barely walk, but here he is to take on Roadkill. Uh, Roadkill attacks Road the belt. <laughs> he attacks the belt. He focuses on the neck. The crowd is hot for Sabu as he's taking a beating. Douglas and Francine come through the crowd. Sabu gets a top rope run off for two. Gets a chair from Fonzie. It's a triple jump moonsault. Taz also comes into the stands to watch as Sabu beats on Roadkill with the chair. Hits a springboard leg lariat. Shane and Taz are now both watching. They look at each other. Joey knows that Shane is wearing an FTW shirt. Sabu keeps beating the piss out of Roadkill, and Taz is laughing. Calls Sabu a stupid ass. Roadkill turns the tide in the ring, hits an elbow off the top. Sabu bails out, meets Roadkill with a drop kick. Sabu puts Roadkill on a table, flies into him with a somersault senton. Taz gives Shane a reassuring hand gesture, which is uh, <laughs> it's more like, yeah, all right, shut the fuck up. I hear yeah, you. I know, I know. Out of here. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I get it. All right. He said that though. He's just like, shit. They stop looking at me. Uh. It's like a guy that doesn't want to acknowledge like a, a, a friend that he doesn't like <laughs> yeah. somewhere. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, what's Bro, up, buddy? Look at me. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I'm going to yeah, keep right, walking. Buddy. You do your thing, you fuck. Yeah, I see you. I see you. Okay, pal. I see you. All right. All right. It's like me and uh, Ryan Gray at the Providence game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I see you back there. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm going to watch the game now. Um, anyway. Uh, Sabu puts Roadkill through the table in the ring and gets a huge leg drop for the win. Uh, pure spectacle. The crowd was insane for this. Uh, Shane and Taz in the ring, and the crowd was fun. 
vibe. Uh, super fun squash. Shabu's a madman. Table spots are great. I went two stars. I don't, this is, uh, it was along the lines of RVD and, and uh, uh, Rod Price. Just a, a fun little showcase, Jenny. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm, you know, going through, I'll see the list of matches that I have coming up. And sometimes I notice if they look weird. This one said Sabu versus Roadkill. And I was like, <laughs> what the actual fuck are we doing here? And then I ended up liking the damn match. Um, Sabu and his neck brace is a whole fucking vibe. Um, of course, he's out there after almost being destroyed by Taz. Um, he's a madman and he's he's unstoppable. He looks awesome here. This is just fun. It's just a fun Sabu match. Um, I like the fuckery in the crowd from the boys. And the crowd is so fucking on fire for it. It's kind of impossible not to like it. So I did two and a quarter, Matt. Uh, yeah, I went two stars on this. Uh, you don't need a, a, a working neck to wrestle. That's fine. <laughs> nah. nah, you don't need one of those. Uh, but yeah, this was, uh, again, super fun. Sabu always great at these quick little squash matches. So uh, the flip senton where the table didn't break was just nasty. Just icing on top of the cake because Sabu needed more fucking broken bones. And uh, he made roadkill out of roadkill. Two stars. Oh, that joke was two stars. How dare you? Hey. <laughs> After a break, John Cronus and Shane Douglas are in the ring, and Joey says Cronus has challenged Douglas to a title match. They stare down, but in comes Taz from behind. He takes Cronus over with a hardaway Tazplex. He tells Cronus to take his belt if he wants one. Shane and Taz bark at Cronus, but he isn't moving. Taz stomps away some more. He hits an exploder suplex and yells that he wants Cronus hurt. Shane backs off Taz and tells him it's enough as official stretcher Cronus out on a hard piece of wood. <laughs> it's like, I feel like you'd be better off just laying in the ring than on this uh, <laughs> two by four ply, piece of plywood. Um, <laughs> uh, Taz is back. He attacks again and locks the Taz mission. So another body falls in the wake of Taz. Um, yeah, odd medical scene here in, in the. <laughs> Real high seen all around. Honestly. It's a real, real high, a high-priced operation going on in this building using tables as fucking stretchers. Yeah, because, that was weird. Because Taz looked like he was being directed by Shane, like he is in on being his henchman or whatever we want to call yeah. him. Yep. Um, and if it's a if it's a ruse, well, it's like Cronus, <laughs> whatever. <yeah. laughs> Everybody got their uh, fucking bug in their panties and talking about Roadkill wants to fight Sabu. Kronos wants to fight Shane. Like, everybody lost their minds when they went to Florida. No. It's on brand. Yeah, it's true. All right. Final segment. Time to wrap us up. I haven't had this in a while. Joey hypes up uh, Guilty as Charge 99. Douglas Taboo, uh, Taboo, Taz Sabu issue. We then get thoughts from the locker room on Taz injuring Sabu and a lot of guiltiest charge puns from the following. Just incredible, Jason and Chastity, Chris Chetty, Storm and Tammy Lynn Bitch. Tammy's on the beach, just talks about her body. Uh, we hear from Mikey Whipwreck and then Tommy Rogers who mentioned <laughs> the Dudleys and then they attack him to wrap us up. So uh, not much cooking here, just, just comments on this stuff going on. Oh my God, Tommy Rogers and his... <laughs> And his polo shirt and his mullet. And then he was just rambling about some bullshit. Yeah. And then Dudley's just wham! <laughs> <laughs> no, how dare he it. invoke their name? 
That was that, great. That was the best thing Bubba's ever done was shutting Tommy Rogers up. Jesus Christ, crazy. shut the fuck up, buddy. Good Lord. And uh, Chris Chetty at one point said something, and he has the personality of a thumb. So yeah, that he was, was very good. Yeah. <laughs> a thumb. <laughs> All right. Uh, awards, best match. I had RVD and uh, Magic Mike Lazansky. <laughs> That's yep. true. Yep. All right. Worst match, Sabu and Roadkill. Yep. Yeah. All right. Best moment I went with Taz just murdering Cronus. <laughs> I don't know. I like that fucking um, stage uh, spot. Yeah. From the RVD match. I'll see awesome. an Ax- Axel with the bat was good too. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was good. All right. Most 90s, I'm with Magic Mike Lazansky showing up like Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> you never know when he's going to come back, but yeah. he'll be back again someday, I'm sure. Oh my god. Is his name really Magic Mike? No, I know. It's sort of like Ramblin' Rod Price. Yeah, well, he's magic whenever he's on, you know. Stock <laughs> Rising got an RVD, Lazansky, Rot, and Sabu, and Taz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stock Falling, going with the Shaw. Comes back to lose. Uh, Roadkill Enduring yeah. and poor Cronus. We got to put Tommy Rogers on there, too. Tommy, Tommy Rogers, Rogers he, he would not shut up. <laughs> Uh, final grade went seven out of ten. Another great episode. We are red hot since the pay per view. Yeah, I mean that one match kind of bumped it up to me. Um, seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm right there with you. This is another really fun episode. All right, all right. Our last one tonight, December twelfth, nineteen ninety eight. We open with footage from a local show in Buffalo, where Shane Douglas is demanding Taz lock him in a Taz mission. Before we can see why that was happening, we go to our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. We're at the Burt Flickinger Center. We have some late breaking news yet again. Shane Douglas has broken his wrist in a match in Florida. So, yeah, Shane is hurt. Uh, let's get the old John Williams. Uh, when he didn't ask Taz to break it to back him up, he hasn't missed any action. In Buffalo tonight, Douglas lashed out at the Dudleys for not finishing off Sabu, the football player. Uh, and the day, right, and the Dudleys right. beat down a local reporter that shared Shane's take. And Joey says charges will be pressed. Joey says earlier, Taz also agreed to team with Shane Douglas against the Dudleys and RVD and Sabu. We get highlights, including the finish where Sabu pinned the champion yet again on the doorstep of guilty as charged here. Taz then drops Sabu on his neck again, followed by a 3D to send Sabu back to the hospital. Dude's in the hospital like Frank Gallagher. Taz hits a uh, second uh, receipt. So two out of three are down. Joey runs down tonight's show and reveals that the winner of Tanaka versus Credible tonight will face Rob Van Dam for the TV title at Guilty as Charged. So a lot going on in that opening segment. Any, wow. Any Why are we setting matches now? I don't know. It's like... Well, we're a month. I mean, you're going to start selling the show at some point. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. It just feels rushed to me. It's bugging me. Rushed oh. or, or too early? I'm ba- I can't keep up. It, but it's like they're rushing... It's like we have time to like say all this. It's like mm. you don't have to. I don't know. They're blowing their load. I don't know. My God, Shane's hurt again. Can you believe it? Who mm. could have? Who could have possibly seen the fucking wrap the guy in bubble wrap or something? Jesus yeah, he Christ! Is. He's constantly hurt. 
Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, 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 Taz again suplexing Sabu on his neck. And if that wasn't enough, he gets a 3D on top of it. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Let's let's extra break this man's neck again for the what eighth time at this point. So, but yeah. all we're missing is the Homer like the ambulance drives off and hits the tree and it goes back down the back down yeah. the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> we need. Wrap him in bubble wrap too while we're at it. Uh, all right, Tammy's on the beach being sexy again. Joey in the nest says the FBI have dedicated a new member to their family, their very own Luca Brazzi. And that means. Time for our Italian lesson of the week. And tonight's word is. Scoreccia. 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 That's how we take a shot at spelling that? No. Absolutely not. (laughs) Okay. Scoreccia means to fart. Come on now. Wow. Well, I thought it was fitting. That's a a long fucking word for that. I thought it was was fitting given our newest member, Big Boy. Wow. Does Sean Kidd put you up to this? That's all he talks about is farting. No, it's true. Speaking he of Luca Brasi. <laughs> wow. All right. Full-blooded Italians are in the ring to take on Chris Chetty and Nova. But first, they introduce a new member of the FBI. Speaking of farts, the one-man gang. Big boy. Comes out with his FBI shirt. We clip through quick shots of the offense from all four, including a bunch of usual FBI stooging. And then Nova and Chetty hitting consecutive plunges on the Paisans. Back inside, Nova gets a tornado DDT. We clip to a Chetty top rope leg drop. Nova hits a splash, but a one-man gang comes in. They triple-team Nova. Tommy Rich beats on Chetty on the floor. Gang has three 747s on Nova, and he's carried out as Rich is ranting on the mic like his uh, Uncle Nino on Jersey Shore. He dares Chetty to find a new partner. Uh, he didn't see much here, but Chetty and Nova had some good offense. The gang laid the heavy splashes. So I went one star. Uh, Jenny, what did you think of this little quickie, quick, quick? Yeah, it was good. Chetty looks good. Um, poor Nova, though. I don't like seeing him get fucked up so bad. <laughs> like, why'd you got to do it three times? He was already dead after two. He's blue. I one star. It's around wow. this time, right? Is that 99? Sure. I think so. We'll have Come to look I don't fucking know. I was like seven when this happened. Uh, <laughs> one, one, well, excuse me. Uh, one star on this. It was perfect. 98. 98. That's a timely reference. <laughs> a when in 98. It may, it might be, you know, maybe I'm it hasn't su- happened yet. I'm surprised they uh, didn't use that reference at all when they were talking yeah. about the Blue World Order. Like, definitely seems like. You know, that, that should have been a thing they did, yeah. But yeah, I mean, one star on this. It was uh, it was not much, but uh, the double team moves by Chris Chetty were good, and as long as he doesn't talk, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Blue Dabadi. Uh, let's see, ninety eight. Where the fuck? When though? When October ninety eight. So it is extremely timely. Extremely, yeah. Extremely timely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you looked that up beforehand. No, I just looked it up right now act. using Wikipedia. Well. Uh, all right, we go to that. All right, back to the ring we go. Chris Chetty uh, brings out his uh, new partner then to take on the FBI, Tommy Richards urging, and that is Tommy Dreamer. What? Dreamer gets a big pop. He goes right at the gang, hammers away, looking for revenge on the gang from past attacks. One big gang turns the tide, hammers away. Dreamer recovers. He slams gang, hits the DDT, but Smothers and Guido make the save. They double team. Gang ambles to the back. He's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> we clip through Smothers and Guido getting some offense and clip to Chetty. 
and Tommy hitting stereo Spicoli drivers. Tommy gets the DDT. Chetty hits the springboard press. The ref is tied up with Tommy Rich. So Jeff Jones is in. He stops at two. Tommy DDTs Jones. Out comes Jason, uh, Jason and Justin Credible. Credible canes Tommy and Tracy Smothers. Rolls up Dreamer for the win. Uh, just clips, but fun stuff from what we saw. And Credible again cost Tommy a win. And I love seeing Tracy get his hand raised. So. <laughs> Wow. Celebrate celebration time. No? Yeah. I, Tommy Dreamer can one day win a match, I suppose. Again, I'm uh, <laughs> not sure when that will be, as long as Credible is around because he can't even beat the FBI. So, Tommy's bulletproof, but I did not like that. One star. Not even with Credible, like building the heat? I want a star and a half on it. I, I took it as it being like an extra fuck you that Credible is forcing Dreamer to lose to the FBI. I think that was kind of what they were going for there. Like, oh, you're going to lose to, I'm going to make you lose to Tracy Smothers, who's a fool. And like, so, you know, That's like, why I didn't like it. <laughs> but I, I think for, for that purpose, it worked for me. But I, I get where you're coming. It's just a weird match on paper. The FBI versus mm-hmm. Chetty and Dreamer. Just mm-hmm. super weird. Anything can happen at the Burt. You never uh, know. But, yeah, apparently. But uh, yeah, I mean, the match wasn't much, so star and a half. What happens to the flick stays in the flick? A little celebration moment for the Paisans. We don't get many wins. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's amore. I want to hear Tommy Rich sing that. What if the rest of the episode was just us swaying? When the moon book? hits your eye, <laughs> like a big old one of them pizza pies, that's amore. Back to the ring we go. Rambling Rod Price is here to take on New Jack. Uh, Lance Storm and Tom, Tommy, Tommy Limbich, uh, Tammy Limbich. Right. We're, we're about done here tonight. Uh, Mikey is a Mikey Whipwreck is awaiting. Joey says we're still waiting to hear about Sabu's injury. Joey tells us that at guilty as charged, Lynn Storm and Mikey will battle in the three way dance. Storm has a mic and has the Wrestling with Shadows VHS tape. He says he was watching it backstage and now he knows what could happen when a superior Canadian wrestles an inferior American near the Canadian border. And he will not allow himself to be put in a sharpshooter because he will not tap out to avoid, and he'll avoid controversy. Storm will not screw Storm, and Paul Heyman will not get the chance because he's not going to work here tonight. Storm and Tammy Lynn leave and head to the back. Just what a beautiful man right now. <laughs> he is. Uh, Mikey grabs the mic. He calls Storm a piece of shit and says he'll wrestle anybody. So out comes Rambling Rod Price. Mikey says uh, Rod fights, he doesn't wrestle, and he wants to have a wrestling match, so he just runs away. Uh, Price says he wants to fight. So Natural Born Killers fires up, and out comes New Jack with a bucket of junk. Jack unloads a quick flurry of weapons, beats on Price, including mashing him with a telephone. New Jack puts a Super Nintendo on Price's balls and bashes him with a hockey stick. <laughs> New Jack hits him with the phone again. He crushes him with a top rope guitar shot. And picks up the win. Just the usual bloody New Jack plunder war. Get some revenge on the bully price. Uh, squashing pretty quick for this style. But the crowd got their dose of violence from New Jack. So star and a half for this fiasco. <laughs> fiasco. I thought that was funny. I really like Mikey. 
you, you don't wrestle, you fight. <laughs> I'm not fighting you. Oh, that was funny. And, uh, I mean, you've heard of a gentleman's too, but I'm going to give this rating a crackhead's too, Matt. Wow, a crackhead too. Uh, I also went two stars on this. Uh, it was like uh, Russian nesting matches trying to get to New Jack versus Ramblin' Rod Price. But once we get got there, I mean, it was your standard fare. Uh, it was the beginning. It was kind of like, uh, if I can steal a line, there's a Norm McDonald moth joke uh, you're probably familiar with, uh, Jenny, where uh, mm-hmm. after Norm tells the joke, he uh, Andy Richter says this was like hiking four miles to see a dog turd because it took forever to get to this New Jack Rod Price match. But I mean, I always like seeing New Jack in these fucking matches, especially the powder guitar. It's just, mm-hmm. it's super, like, they're not great matches, but they're just entertaining to watch. So yeah. two stars for me. And Storm's awesome. I mean, he was fantastic in this yeah. opening. He really was good. <laughs> All right, we get our hype from Joey about Guilty as Charged. We have Shane Douglas versus Sabu, Jerry Lynn versus Lance Storm versus Mikey Whipwreck in a triple threat match, and Rob Van Dam will take on the winner of our next match, our main event, Masato Tanaka, taking on Just Incredible. Credible, Jason, and Chastity are out. Joey knows these guys have never fought in a singles match, even though they were in the tag series over the summer. Chastity has a two-piece dress on and reveals under it her flannel. She also has her hair done and heels on, and Credible is not happy, and he rips her apart for it. And Joey asks why they've been hiding all this under these loose, baggy shirts. And Jason is excited for the makeover, but Credible is not. Joey says, why is he complaining? She's with him. It's very weird. Uh, Tanaka's out as we get set. Tanaka quickly works the arm. Credible gets the ropes and stalls. Tanaka cranks a headlock. It's a nice power bomb for two. Heads up top for a missile drop kick. Credible comes back with a thrust kick. Tanaka shoots him to the corner, knocks him down into the railing. Tanaka follows, hits a side rush and leg sweep into the railing, barrels into him with a chair. Back in the ring, Tanaka gets two on a drop kick, gets a chair, but Credible reverses a slam with a reverse DDT on the chair. Credible chops away, starts to target the back and neck with strikes, gets a nice middle rope elbow for two. Credible goes to a chin lock as Jason is obsessing over Chastity. Tanaka tries to rally, but Credible hits a hard clothesline, gets a chair, scampers up, but Tanaka kicks the chair back into his face. Tanaka heats up, hits a running Spicoli driver for two. Tanaka gets a whippersnapper for two, gets a tornado DDT on the chair, but Jason makes a save. Chastity ties up the ref. Credible lands some kicks at Tanaka no-sells and hits a cutter. In comes Chastity again. Tanaka stalks her and kisses her, but Credible comes in with a cane. But Tommy Dreamer's out. He nails Credible from behind. A little what's good for the goose is good for the gander, as he costs Credible the win as Tanaka roll, hits him with a rolling whippersnapper and advances to Guilty as Charged to take on Ram, Rob Van Dam in what should be a wonderful match. This itself was very good. Uh, not next level. Must see that it could have been, but it leveled up well just for TV. Uh, Tanaka is great as always. Credible brings the energy. Tanaka mixing in the whippersnapper was neat as he mixes his offense up. Uh, the chastity stuff is weird. I don't know where that's going. Uh, but Tanaka's lineup with what could be a show stealer for the pay-per-view, Jenny. It went three stars. I did three and a quarter. I like this a lot. A lot of really good chemistry, again, uh, with Credible and another guy. Like, as much as he annoys me, um, he fucking can wrestle anybody and have a great match. Um, and Tanaka was just balling out. Uh, the the inverted DDT on the chair was awesome. Uh, the Spicoli driver was sick. Um, I love that Tornado DDT. Um, hated that he got saved by Jason because I wanted that to win. But I loved Tommy coming out to get his revenge on justin so just well uh, just a really good match for a hot crowd um not sure about the slut shaming of poor chastity she just tried to have a makeover 
But a lot of times, um, that means that she's trying to break out of the group, right? If, if somebody changes up their their look, so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, think if this is high school and the grunge girl that hangs out with the grunge right. guy starts dressing yeah. up for the prom, you know. He's not yeah, going to yeah. like that because everybody's going to start looking at his girl, right? right? It's clueless. So. It's basically plot. It's B-plot of clueless. Exactly. That's what we're doing. <laughs> or AC C-plot. C-plot. C for clueless. Um, <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Uh, yeah, I, I went three and a quarter on this. I, I really like this. I like that you could kind of tell Tanaka was treating it as like a big deal because he wanted that TV title match. He was breaking out like different moves. He hit that running Spicoli driver into the corner on Credible. That was great. So I, I like that he kind of treated it as a big deal. And like you said, Jenny, that was my big takeaway too, that Credible being great turns out it's not just exclusive to Tommy. He's the type of guy who can kind of just go in there and wrestle anybody. So super fun match for a TV three and a quarter for me all right so it looks like for sure yeah we're getting to a credible tommy match as well i'm assuming for the pay-per-view um if now that credible is out of the tv title match all right we get talk from joey styles about the pay-per-view tanaka versus rvd official we're awaiting sabu's mri his condition is more serious than last attack in philly the Dudleys are headed to Japan. They're going to defend the ECW titles. RVD and Sabu are supposed to challenge them. But FMW has been notified that Sabu's appearances are now tentative due to the injury. Credible is tearing apart the locker room, we hear, due to Tommy costing him. And we do find out what I just mentioned. Justin Credible and Tommy Dreamer will face off guilty as charged. And there will be a stipulation that you can hear about on the hotline. Backstage, Rob Van Dam and Fonzie are there. Fonzie says he always keeps the odds in his favor, but they go to Japan to kick Dudley ass, and this time he'll put his money where his mouth is. If they don't come back with the tag team titles, he's going to split the team. Already he's digging it. He says, yeah, branching out to singles could be a good career move. Uh, and then he says, we shouldn't talk bad about Sabu, though. His neck is all taped up. He's in the hospital. They can't give a guy like him to another family. He's all mangled and scarred up. And says he carried Sabu this far. He's going to carry him to more gold. This classic. RVD back talk as always, but uh, any quick thoughts here before we get to our final segment? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm curious about splitting the team at this point. Um, could be time. Could yeah. be time. I've been maybe ready for it for a hot minute. Um, oh, and they can RVD split without having great. a few too. You know what I mean? Like they can just they can. Yeah, yeah, do right. their own thing and still be buddies. But then we have like no tag teams, um, right. right? So I don't know. It's it's. How about you make some more tag teams and let them split up? Yeah, I, I definitely think the tag division needs more needs more uh, bodies in there. And uh, I, I particularly liked uh, RVD saying that uh, nobody wants Sabu. Maybe uh, nobody wants him. Maybe we could try dropping him off at the Humane Society. <laughs> that, was, that was a great line. Just perfect. Uh, it's like that's on top of all the great stuff in the ring. Right. Is how flawless he's been for almost like two years in these back, yeah. backstage promos. Uh where he just backhand compliments over and over to Fonzie <laughs> yeah. and Sabu. Just amazing work. All right, final segment. It is time for Wolf Fiction. We get Nova angry in the mirror. He says, Raven screwed him. Stevie screwed him. And Meanie left. So Blue Meanie also gone. Went to the WF, by the way. So he's out. Uh, <laughs> taking himself seriously. 
So we'll see where Nova heads. We get the Dudleys outside ranting about taking the belts worldwide. Bubba says, growing up inbred and being forced to wear tie-dye, you don't have much to live for. But he promises to retain the tag titles in Cork and Hall and runs down the 3D hit list and the vow to stay on top. Danny Doring, a road killer in the back. Doring runs down Roadkill's resume. The angry Amish warrior that loves to kill chickens with the bare hands and demonstrates foul murder. We think it's a little more serious as Justin Credible tells Chastity to shut up. He asks Tommy if they have a problem and asks where the heat is. What did he ever do to provoke Tommy? Is it because ECW pushed him instead of Tommy and the people follow him now? Or maybe because he ran Tommy's partner out of ECW and interrupted a secret ceremony for his grandfather? He has a company in the palm of his hands like Tommy used to, and it's insane to inject into interject his win over Tanaka. But he doesn't blame Tommy because it's Chastity's fault for that outfit. He says she says she dresses that way for him. Credible says Denise and asks if what he picked out wasn't good enough. He keeps berating and blaming her as she starts to cry. Credible wants to flannel and he makes her put it on while screaming at her and storms off like the true grungy asshole that he is. Uh I don't know, like a little rough around like here for poor chastity. Um I don't know if like Credible's enough of a prick and he's done enough things uh in ECW where I feel like we don't need him now to also be abusive to chastity like it's just like it just feels extra when we don't need it and again maybe it's looking at it through non-1998 eyes when the stuff was the angst uh and the drama around that was a little bit more acceptable but looking at it through 2023 eyes and seeing him like basically press her against the wall and scream at her um like he's barry it was it was a little bit much i felt but anyway what'd you think of the whole uh pulp fiction jay uh, Nova was interesting in, mm. in the bathroom talking about, I mean, it was a pretty dramatic moment, I thought, for him, uh, bringing up Raven and Stevie and Meanie leaving him. So, curious if him and somebody else might be a tag team that he needs to reinvent himself with. Yeah, I would love to see him still. So, I hope that, um, he stays around. Uh, the Dudleys, that was a hell of a promo. Mm-hmm. Growing up inbred is a hell of a line. <laughs> um, How do you grow and, up inbred? I mean, you are inbred. Yeah, it's a great question to grow up that way. I mean, you kind of always I mean, are. Yeah. You grow up knowing you're inbred, I guess, maybe. Um, and then, so he talks about going to Japan, and uh, it's just going to be him and Devon. We we don't need no big dick. And then Devon says, wait, what do you mean no big dick? <laughs> That popped me big. Um, the roadkill and Doring talking about chickens was insane. Um, okay, I might need another two or three chicken-related promos from those guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those, the Justin stuff was um, a little bit cringy, but really, he has some good stuff in there when he was talking about Tommy. But once he starts berating Chastity, I'm like, whatever. It's just more tough guy shit so but it was a, a good pulp fiction i think a little bit more than the last one we got matt yeah it, it's a good pulp fiction uh the dudleys were great during this like you said i, I think it's interesting that no other dudleys are going to japan mm-hmm. it's just going to be the two of them i think that's mm-hmm. an interesting wrinkle to that match and uh i think you know if they're if they win clean like that's that's a huge resume <laughs> boost yeah and if that and rvd are done too that's like a big deal right mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens with that uh uh during calling uh 
roadkill a sick man for killing chickens <laughs> so uh Doring is obviously some sort of vegetarian or vegan or something uh the credible stuff was a bit much uh he was also wearing some sort of bootleg south park just incredible shirt yeah i saw that which was very weird and it looked like he fucking made the thing but yeah i mean it was a good pulp fiction for sure so a good way to end this episode all right, let's get to our awards for our final time here tonight. Best match, I went Credible and Tanaka. Mm-hmm. Yep. Worst match, I went Chetty and Nova versus FBI. Yep. Yep. Best moment, um, I don't know. I went New Jack's attack with the telephone. <laughs> I'm poor Rob Slice. Hmm. I got to go with the induction of a new member of the FBI. Mm. One man gang and then a uh, quick departure. <laughs> yes. Old, that was uh, old big deal. Old rambling Rod Price is really rambling now with that concussion he got from the powder <laughs> guitar shot. Uh, most nineties, and with the Super Nintendo as well as uh, RVD's shirt it was a High Times. Yeah, magazine. High Times shirt. I love that shirt. Uh, Joey during Tanaka Incredible mentioned Flutie Flakes at one point, which is oh, maybe, maybe the oh, most nineties. Yeah, Doug uh, Flutie cereal. Doug Flutie had a cereal when he was oh. quarterback for the Bills. Flutie Flakes. Flutie a, Flakes. It's a very 1998. It's There's a time frame where that was a reference that made sense, and it was 1998. Uh, all right. Uh, stock rising on FBI, Storm, Tanaka, Van Damme, Dudley's. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of falling as well. One Man Gang, Nova, Mikey, Price, Meanie. We always get the departure falling, <laughs> so Meanie's gone. Is Mikey in there though? Yeah, I thought you looked like a pussy tonight. I don't know, and it wasn't like well, it was just lame. Like I didn't yeah. want to fight; I wanted to wrestle. <laughs> yeah. And he runs away. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was funny. Yeah, lame. Uh, all right, I thought this is the weakest episode we've seen all night, uh, and honestly, mm-hmm. last week as well since November. To remember, so I went five out of ten. Uh, oh wow. I think we were due for a little bit of a slow app, but I mean, we had five straight bangers, including the post-game wrap-up coming out of the pay-per-view. So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do five and a half. Yeah, uh, definitely a step down from what we've seen before. I went five and a half on it too. All right, very good, very good. Um, so that'll do it for tonight. In two weeks, we'll be back. We'll have four episodes of ECW television to bring to you. And then uh, a month from today, we'll be back with Guilty as Charged, 1999. It's almost pay-per-view time yet again, just a month away from it. So sure to check out everything we have to offer the North South Connection on our YouTube channel, on all podcast applications, audio and video. Follow us on social media. Stay extreme. We'll talk to you in two weeks as we wrap up 1998 and kick off 'Cause of me, but you see, back in old Napoli, that's amore.